Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. So today we're diving in, uh, actually is uh, the last two weekends of the series that we've been doing called Jesus Is, all right? And I really believe that the series and what we've been speaking about here on Sundays has been so powerful. And not because I've been teaching or, you know, Pastor Max, the different pastors that, that have come up here. Because I think in the times that we're living, we need to be reminded of who Jesus is. We need to be reminded of who Jesus is. We, we need to know who he is. As, as we look into his life, as we look into his ministry, as we look into his way of being, as we look into his walk, I'm just encouraged by seeing Jesus. You see, Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. No one has ever seen the Father, but whoever's seen Jesus has seen the Father. That's what he said. And the Bible says that Jesus went about doing good and healing all those that were sick because God was with him. You want to know what the Father's doing? You want to look at Jesus. You want to look at his life. You want to look at the things that, that he did. Jesus is so amazing. I love Jesus. How many of you guys love Jesus this morning? Man, I love him. You know, and as I've been studying to prepare these messages, I feel that I've been falling in love with him more and more. Because as you know more of him, what happens is that you fall more in love with him. You know, we're going through so many things in our world right now. So many things, you know, from personal issues and battles to world situations. You know, you turn on the TV and you hear of the war between Russia and, and Ukraine. There's sickness, there's disease. So many things going on in our world right now. Loved ones that we're praying for and believing for God to do a miracle. Things that are going on even in our nation today. And then we arrive at this day. You see, this day is celebrated by the church as Palm Sunday. And you might be here, and maybe you haven't been walking with God long enough, or you're watching through that camera, and you might not know too much about this, but Palm Sunday, okay, is a day that is celebrated by Christians around the world, okay, of when Jesus started his Passion Week. When, when he started to go on the way to Jerusalem and start what was going to be the sacrifice that he would pay for all of us in this place. And on a day like this, over 2,000 years ago, Jesus actually walked into Jerusalem in the back of a donkey. And as he was walking in the back of that donkey, he was actually fulfilling a prophecy that had been spoken through the prophet Zechariah, saying that the king, the king of Israel, would walk into the city riding on the back of a colt. And there's a scripture that I want to read to you guys this morning. It's found in Matthew 21, verse 9. Matthew 21, verse 9. I'm going to read from the NIV. Good old NIV Bible. <laughs> That's the Bible that actually made God's words real to me, man. Back in school, they used to give me a King James. And when I would read the King James, and I was like in eighth grade, I was like, what? Like, why does God speak so weird? Thou, you know, and, and all these words and everything, and brethren, and stuff like that. I was like, what? You know, and all of a sudden, my senior year, somebody gave me an NIV Bible. I'm like, oh, now I understand what he's been trying to tell me all these years, you know. It actually made sense. And then I started to highlight this off the topic, all right. But my friend gave me an NIV Bible and a blue highlighter, 
all right? So my Bible looked like a Smurf Bible, all right? Because it was all highlighted in blue. But anyways, all right, anyways. Um, Matthew 21, verse 9, it says, And the crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. So you hear the word Hosanna in our day and age, and you're like, what does Hosanna mean? Well, Hosanna, the word Hosanna means save. Save, save. What they were saying as Jesus was walking in to Jerusalem, walking, riding on the back of that colt of that donkey was, save us, Lord. Save us, save us, Jesus. That's what they were shouting. As they were putting those palm branches on the ground, what they were saying is, save us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. That's what they were saying. Don't leave us alone, Jesus. Save us. And today, guys, I want to tell you, we have not stopped shouting, Hosanna. We still got to shout, Hosanna. To the one that comes in the name of the Lord. If you come in the name of the Lord, you're coming, Jesus, to save us. To save us. To save us. Haven't you felt like that in a point in your life? When you're in desperation. When you're in need. Where you feel broken. When you feel that you're out. And you need God to show up and do something. Have you ever been in a situation like that before? In a moment of despair where you don't see a way out. And all you could do is maybe lift up your eyes and say, Lord, are you there? Save me, God, if you're there. Hosanna. 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 I've been in situations like that many times when I've cried out. Lord, help me. Please, Lord, get me out of this. And there's moments, guys. I'm going to tell it to you like this. That he is the only one that can make sense. Of the, one, of the things that we're going through. There's sometimes that we're going through situations. That only God can make sense of them. They don't make sense in the natural. You see, what I love about Jesus. When they were shouting, save us. You know what, what I love about Jesus? Is that Jesus knows. Oh, he knows. Jesus hasn't forgotten He's there. He's close. He, he's not far away. He understands. He's never late. He always shows up at the right moment. Always shows up at the right moment. And not only, listen, does He show us that He understands. Not only does He show us that He identifies with us. Not only does he have compassion, not only does he heal, not only does he give us strength, not only does he give us hope, not only does he encourage us, but listen, Jesus is not afraid of our brokenness. And I love that about Jesus. He's not afraid of your brokenness. He's not afraid, okay, of the dark areas that are inside of you. Listen, Jesus was born on a manger. You think that somebody that is born on a manger is going to be afraid of the condition in here? (laughs) What God was saying when he was born on a manger is like, listen, there ain't nothing that is going to deter me from getting to you. 
There's nothing that's going to stop me from getting to where you are. He understands all my mess. Anybody got mess in here? I got mess. I got stuff in here sometimes. There's days that even my hair hurts, even though it's short. I'm like, what in the world is going on? You see, last week we read the scripture found in Isaiah 53, verse 3. And I, and I want to make a point of this. It says, he was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows acquainted with the deepest grief. And I'm not going to continue with the verse. The Bible says that the Messiah was going to be what? A man of sorrows. It wasn't that he was sad. It wasn't that he was bitter. It wasn't that he was angry. You know why he was a man of sorrows? Because he was acquainted with grief. He was dealing with all the stuff of humanity. Don't you think that God feels for what you and I feel? When he became human, he felt for it. You're not alone, guys. I'm not alone. We got a God that the Bible says he's been tempted in everything. He's lived everything that you and I live. He knows what it's to feel cold. He knows what it's to feel hunger. He knows what it's to feel rejected. He knows what's to feel pain. Let me tell you something. I needed a God like that. I didn't need a God to tell me, oh, I'm up here in heaven and, you know, you, you need to repent and come to me. And no, no, I needed a God to know what it is to walk on, the, on these shoes and walk on this broken earth. That's what I love about Jesus. That's what I love about Jesus. And not only does he show up and he understand, I want this to sit in your heart for a second. He will make all things right. He will make all things right. He, he, he will fix things. He, he, he will make them right. That's why today's message, I, I've titled it, Jesus is our Redeemer. Jesus is our Redeemer. Now, the word Redeemer, it, it's not a common word. It's not a word that we use every day in our vocabulary. You know, I'm not watching Sports Center, you know, and I hear that word coming out. And if I hear it, it has to do with a team, you know, that had like a second chance all of a sudden and, and did something great. Redeemer is a person, pay attention to this, who redeems, meaning someone who repays, rescues, saves, or exchanges something for something else. Okay? So today, in the time that we have with this, with this you know, gathering, Okay, I want us to look at each of those four words. We're going to look at each of those four words that define what Redeemer is, all right? And how Jesus makes that happen in each of our lives. What, what do we take from this? What is Jesus doing through this? Well, number one, write this down. Jesus is the one that repays. Jesus is the one that repays. The word Redeemer, one of the words for Redeemer is repay. Now, the question is, repays what? We need to ask that. What, what does he repay? Well, there's two things that show up in the Bible, okay, that Jesus will repay. Okay. The first one, okay, is that he repays us for our deeds, for the things that we've done. Whether they're good or bad, all right, Jesus is going to repay us, all right? Let me tell you, all those that are here, that have served in some way, shape, or form in God's kingdom. Maybe you're part of the dream team and you're serving right now. 
Let me tell you, there's a reward that is coming your way. There's a reward that is coming my way. There's a reward for serving God. There's a reward for serving Jesus. And I want to tell you something. There's nothing better than to give your life to God. And there's nothing better than to use your life to serve and to honor him. Oh, I could tell you that today. I could tell you that this week. You see, it was 27 years ago on Good Friday that I gave my life to Jesus. 27 years ago. I can't even believe it. I was 18. I've lived, I've lived more than half of my life for Jesus. Thank God. Jesus. It would have been a mess if I would have lived 27 for the world. But anyways, 27 years knowing God. That was on Good Friday. And that December, I started serving the Lord. Let me tell you something. I don't repent. I don't repent. There's no way that I've served God and I look, I look back and say, you know what? What a waste of time. I just wasted my youth. I just wasted my time. I just wasted all these years. No, there's been nothing better. There's nothing better than to know that God uses your life to bless others. Actually, there's moments, and I don't know if you, you, this has ever happened to you, that you're talking to somebody and you're hearing yourself talk and you're like, I'm not that smart. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? I'm like, I know that this is not me speaking because I'm not that good. I'm not that smart. Has that happened to you? Come on, don't make me feel stupid this morning. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hands are going up in this place. <laughs> so that's when I know that it's God through me. And the Bible says that he will repay all those that have done good deeds for him. And the same way he will repay all those that do bad deeds. But if you're a doer of good deeds, get ready. There's a reward coming your way from Jesus. And you know what? You might be here today and you're like, man, I haven't done that. Here comes my growth track announcement. I want you to do your growth track. Today's step two. Today's my favorite step of all the growth track. Why? Because today is the assessment of your gifts, of your passion, of your talents, the, the way that God has wired you. So you're here in Numa, you haven't done your growth track after the service go. You're not going to repent of it. You're going to love it. All right, today, make eight, I need four Sundays from you. The last uh, couple of weeks ago, I was in Orlando, and there's a person over there that came from here. And they're over there, and they're starting to serve and everything. I'm like, hey, what are you doing here? And you know, that person said, I love it. He goes, you told me to give one life, one year of my life to the Lord. Well, here I am in Orlando. Actually, right now while we're meeting, there's our, our Tampa meeting is about to start at 11 o'clock. And today at 6 o'clock, Pastor Adrian and, their, and his wife, they're over there now. Diego and Tiffany, they're going to lead that. You want to be used by God here in Numa? Do your growth track. It's going to be a blessing. So he will repay for the good deeds that we do. The second thing that he will repay, this is important that you guys uh, know about this, is that he will repay our adversaries. He will repay our adversaries. By the way, if you want to write down a verse for the first point that I touched, Matthew 16, 27, okay? That's, that's for you. But he will repay our adversaries. What does that mean? That you don't need to worry when they do something bad to you. He will repay. He will take care of it. He will watch over you. Like back in the streets, they used to say, I got your back. Well, let me tell you, he has your back. He's the one that is going to repay 
Whoever has done anything to any of his little ones, that's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 19 through 21. It says, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. That's a little scary right there, guys. Like, hey, don't worry about it. Let, let Papa take care of it. You know what? And that's the way that I live every day. You don't see me bitter. You don't get me upset. You don't hear talking about this person or that person. Why? Because I believe this. It says, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. That God is crazy. <laughs> if he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. That's a funny thing. You're going to put like burning coals on the person. That person wants to kill you. You're like doing nice things to them. And you're like, ah, you know, I can't take it. Why are they doing this to me? That's what the Bible says. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Jesus is the one that redeems. All right. He's the one that repays. Number two. Jesus is the one who rescues us. Jesus is the one that rescues us. That second word for redeem, okay, first is repay. The second one is rescue. Rescue us from what? Well, 1 Peter 1, 18-20, it says from what? It says this, For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or deceit. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. It says that we were redeemed by Jesus Look at the way that the scripture says it, from our empty way of life. And you might, man, I, I, you might be here and you don't know the Lord. You're watching online and you're living it up. Like, man, I'm, what a great life. Well, the Bible says it's an empty way of life. <laughs> and not only does it say that it's an empty way of life, it says that we inherited it from our ancestors. Oh, I love my mom and my dad. I love my grandparents. I love everybody. But boy, did I pick up some bad things from them. Did some crazy things get passed down the, the family line? I, I remember that, you know, my, my parents didn't go to church. They weren't, you know, Christians. You know, they weren't even religious. But I remember my dad, when he would, you know, lose his job or something like that, then he had some friends down in areas, and they, he would do, like, witchcraft stuff. So I remember one day as a kid, my dad came home and he goes, today we all got to shower with these gallinas. And I was like, we got to shower with who? You know, I had like my little, you know, duckies and stuff like that in the water. I'm like, we got to shower with what? Like, you know, un baño con gallina. I'm like, no, why don't we make a soup with that? You know, it's like, why we got to shower with that? And, and he thought that that would give him good luck so that he could have work and, you know, continue providing for us. What an empty way of life passed down to me. So when I come to the Lord and I look at all these things, I'm like, I don't want none of that. I didn't even want that, none of that back then, <laughs> even less now. But we inherited things that now we look back in Christ and we're like, boy, was that crazy. I don't need that in my life. So Jesus came to, the word is, listen, rescue us. 
rescue us. You might be here today and you're like, oh, I love that life. I don't need any rescuing from it because the word rescue means that you're in danger. The the, the word rescue means that you're in trouble and somebody's coming to do what? To save you from the trouble. Jesus came to rescue you from an empty way of life. If you think that life is going to satisfy you, if you think that life is going to make you happy, guess what? It's not and you need some rescuing from it. I remember when I was learning to swim, first day. This has been, I'm going to tell you the story of my life in this story right here. So I was, my dad signs me up for swimming class, Shenandoah Pool, in the Shenandoah Park down in Little Havana. First day, I see the teacher, the swimming instructor tells all the kids, okay, all line up, and we all line up in the deep end. It's a 12, okay, 12 feet deep pool. They don't even make pools like that anymore. And I stand in it, and she goes, okay, y'all going to make a line, and you see the trampoline right there? You're going to go up those steps, and you're going to jump into the pool. And there's going to be a swimming instructor there in the bottom. I was like, what? I was like freaking out. I was like fourth in line. You know, I was like, uh, you want to pass me? You know, I was telling the other guys, you want to pass me? Just, you know, like, uh, and eventually I passed so many people that I had to go. You know, it's like, okay, it's my turn now. And my dad is standing in the corner. My dad's standing over there where like my wife is sitting. And my dad is just looking like that, you know. And I remember that I climb and he goes, dale mijo, tírate. And I'm like, oh, no, he didn't. You know, it's like, and I climb up there, and all of a sudden, that thing, look, I even feel it right now, man, in my heart. <laughs> that thing is like that. It's like tiny, man, that little plank, man. It's like off the plank. Anyways, and I just go, okay, here I go, and I jump, and I go all the way to the bottom, and my feet touch the bottom. And I remember that as I touched the bottom, all of a sudden, I just pushed myself back up. And I go up, and I'm like, you know, doggy paddling and stuff. And my dad is cursing out the teacher. Because he's like, ese muchacho no sabe nada, me lo vas a matar. You're going to kill him. He doesn't know how to swim. And my dad is taking off his shoes to jump in the pool. And I'm like, oh, no, no. But I learned to swim, to go to the corner, not just to see my dad do what he was about to do. Because I was embarrassed. I was like, let me just swim to the corner, man. He's like, let me just get there. What was he trying to do? He was trying to rescue me because I was drowning. Jesus came to rescue us from our empty way of life. Maybe the pool that you're in, okay, it's a pool of sin. It's a pool of deceit. It's a pool of lying. It's a pool of all these different things. Jesus wants to save you from that. He is your redeemer. Number three, Jesus is the one who saves us. The third word for redeem is save us. Saves. Number one, repay. Okay. Number two, rescue. Number three, save. Luke 19.10, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Jesus says, for the Son of Man did not come to seek, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save, what does it say here? The lost. He came to save who? Who? The lost. The lost. The question is, who are the lost? The lost are people. Jesus came to look for the lost. The lost are people. What did we lose? We lost our relationship with God. We lost a relationship that we were made for. 
And in losing that relationship, we lost the kingdom that God gave us at the beginning. And Jesus came to seek and find all those that are lost. Listen, Jesus came to save people. He came to save people. I want to say it to you like this. People are important to God. People are important to God. Jesus came for people. Jesus didn't come for buildings. Jesus didn't come for sound systems. Jesus didn't come for lights. Jesus didn't come for none of this. Jesus came for people. Jesus was walking around doing good. Why? Because the Father was with him. And what was he doing? He was blessing people as he would go along. Jesus came for people. I love it in John 3. You know, we all know John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not die but have everlasting life. But there's a verse there that Jesus says that the Father did not send him to condemn the world, but to save the world. Jesus came to do what? Save the lost. And church, that has to be our mission. That's why we're making these postcards. Why are you making these postcards? Because Jesus wants to save the lost. We need to get people in here next week. Why? Because Jesus is after people. And if you're here this morning, and maybe you walked into this room today and it's your first time, or you tuned into this broadcast and it's your first time, you know what? God loves you. Jesus loves you. He wants to save you. He came for you. He came to save you. And the fourth one, worship team, come and join me. It says that redeem has to do with an exchange. Pay attention to this. This is amazing. Redemption has to do with an exchange of something for something else. It's an exchange going on. So, so back in the day, you would buy slaves, okay? And slaves were a property of a person, even in Bible times. You, you know the story of Joseph. Joseph was sold what? He was sold as a slave. And, and what happens? A person comes and he buys them out of that slavery. One of my favorite movies is Gladiator. Come on, somebody. This is one of them guy movies. And there's a moment, you know, when they come after Maximus, they try to kill him and he runs away, you know, and he's bleeding and all beat up. And all of a sudden these slave traders come and they get him. And what do they do? They sell him to this old retired gladiator. And that's when he starts fighting and all that. That was part of what they used to do. Now, if you wanted to get somebody out of the slavery that you, they were in, somebody had to come and buy them out. They had to buy their freedom. There needed to be an exchange for their freedom. So in the verse that we read before from Peter, the Bible says that you were purchased not with you know, material things like gold or silver, but with the precious blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus was the exchange for your freedom and for my freedom. Now, one of the greatest stories of redemption in the Bible it's the story of a man named Job. Now, if you've ever heard this term, okay, it's a term that you don't really want to hear. If you've heard the term, oh, this guy's a modern-day Job. Boy, 
What that means is that you're going through so much stuff. You don't want to hear that. You don't, I mean, you want them to compare you, you know, to like Abraham, Moses. You know, you want to get compared to David. But when they say, oh, this guy's like Job, it's like, oh, get ready. Because the Bible says that Satan came after Job. God blessed Job so much that the, the devil was mad. And the Bible says that the enemy came to what? To kill, steal, destroy. And he was upset. And the enemy shows up in front of God and tells the Lord, why have you blessed Job and done all these things? Watch, take these things away and, and Job is going to curse you. And God says, oh, I trust my boy Job. Go ahead. Take away whatever you want. And you're going to see that he's not going to curse me. So God sort of like moved back a little bit. You know that that's one of the things I told the Lord. I told the Lord, never move back. I don't know if I'll be as strong as Job to not curse him. And God moved back a little bit. And the enemy came, killed his children, all his children. All his property destroyed. They came, they robbed everything. They stole everything. They broke down. They burned his house. Everything destroyed. So Job has these three friends that come along and these three friends start to encourage him and, and start to talk to him. And, and I love this part. The Bible says that for seven days, his three friends sat there with him and said nothing. Sometimes you don't even need to say anything. You just need to go to the person that is hurting. Just sit there with them. Just be there. It's more than enough. And they sat there with him for seven days. They didn't eat. He sat there, and then after seven days, one guy finally spoke up and said something, and then the other guy, and they all started to talk. And you know how this whole redemption story ends? That even Job's wife tells him, hey, Job, why don't you just curse God and die and forget about this whole thing? You imagine if your own wife, husbands that are here, is like, hey, man, let's get done with this. Just tell the Lord whatever. No, baby, you better not tell me that ever. Job's wife tells him, curse God and die. And Job says, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And there comes a time that I think God said, all right, devil, enough is enough. Stop touching him. You can't do this anymore. I've proven that he is not going to curse me and that he's going to love me. He's going to come after me. It's a story of integrity. Job did not lose his integrity. But I love this part of the scripture. Listen to this. Because it has to do with redemption. When you exchange something for something else. Listen to what happens in Job 42 verse 12 and 13. At the end of the story it says, So the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life, even more than in the beginning. For now he had 14,000 sheep. 6,000 camels, a thousand team of oxen, and a thousand female donkeys. And God also gave Job seven more sons and three more daughters. And you look at that and you're like, what happened? Redemption took place. Redemption took place. There was an exchange. There was an exchange that took place. Because church, I want you to, to, to understand something as I close here this morning. There's going to be an exchange that is going to take place. The Bible says that there's a new earth coming. And the old earth will pass away. 
The old pains, the old issues will pass away. You see, the Jesus that I know and the Jesus that I serve and the Jesus church that I present to you today is the Jesus that, that gives beauty for ashes. The Jesus that I know today and the Jesus that I serve is the one that gives joy for mourning. There's an exchange that takes place. The Jesus that I know, the Jesus that is my Redeemer is the one that gives us praise instead of despair. He is my Redeemer. And I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're living. I don't know what sort of brokenness you might be tasting in your life right now. But I want you to be like Job in this area that in Job verse 6, 19, verse 25 and 27, look what he says. Job in the middle of the trial, in the middle of the problem, in the middle of the situation, he goes, ask for me. Oh, that needs to be us. Ask for me. I don't know what this guy here is going to do, but ask for me. I know that my Redeemer lives. I know somebody's taking account of what's happening. I know my Redeemer lives and He will stand upon the earth at last. And listen to this. And after my body has decayed, in other words, after I've died, Yet in my body, I will see God. Isn't that a crazy scripture? I will see him for myself. Yes, I will see him with my own eyes. I am overwhelmed at the thought. So Job is saying, I don't know where this whole thing is going. Oh, but I know my Redeemer lives. I know my Redeemer lives. Oh, and there's going to come a day that I'm going to give a testimony that I don't know what has gone on. I can't even make sense of it with my own words, but my Redeemer lives and He will make sense out of all this stuff that we're going through. So church, I want you to know Jesus is our Redeemer. Our Redeemer. He will repay. He will rescue. He will save. And He will make whatever exchange He needs to make to make things right. I want you to close your eyes right there where you're at. And very simple, very simple prayer right now with your eyes closed, head bowed. One of the things we've been learning is that God speaks. God speaks. God speaks to His children. And the Holy Spirit is here. If you're a believer in Christ, the Holy Spirit is in you. Ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you telling me with this message? And take a moment right there and just let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. Let Him take this home. Let Him seal it in your heart. that exchange.
eyes closed and head bowed I don't know what manifestation of that redemption you need in your life today maybe you're dealing with enemies and people that are coming against you speaking against you he's the one that repays right there where you're at settle that in your heart and give it over to him don't be fighting with people don't be fighting you know, with things that are going on around you or trying to get back at something or someone, just surrender to that. Surrender that. Surrender that. Maybe you need some rescuing today and you've fallen into things, into situations that you came out of that and you see yourself falling again in the same pit. You see yourself again in the same mud right now. And today the Redeemer wants to extend His hand and, and lift you up from there and rescue you from that brokenness. Give Him that brokenness right there where you're at. If you're broken, give that to Him right now. If there's pain in your heart, there's an exchange that God wants to take place today. Give Him the pain. And you know what? He's going to give you peace and He's going to give you joy. And today if you're in this room and and you need salvation you're watching through that camera and you need to be saved from from the way of life that you inherited and that i inherited from from those that went before us thinking that if we do enough good things then god will accept you he'll take you in today i want to tell you that jesus came for you he came to seek for you he came to save you because god loves you he has a plan with your life he has a purpose with your life so today, if you're in this room and you come to Jesus, you're watching through that camera and you come to Jesus, the Bible says that you will be saved. When Jesus died on the cross, he was paying for your sins. When he resurrected, he defeated death. In other words, when you come to Jesus, he saves you and gives you a new life. There's the exchange. There's the exchange. There's the redemption. If somebody in this room today or somebody through that camera needs to receive this new life today somebody needs to receive jesus as their redeemer today i want you right there where you're at to close your eyes and i want you to pray this with me you're gonna invite jesus into your life right now you're gonna repeat with me lord jesus today i receive you as my lord and my savior thank you for dying for me and for paying for my sins on the cross. Today I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Today I am forgiven through your blood. Today I am made a son or daughter of God through your grace. 
And Father, now I run into your arms and I receive everything that you have for me, the inheritance that you have for me as your child. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and allow me to live the life that you have for me from this moment forward. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say, Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.